born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Now, in verse 16, And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us. Now, this spirit, uh, some places call it the, the python. You know, the snake, the serpent. But it's also a reference to the god of Greece and uh, generally the third son of Jupiter. And so they were false spirits, evil spirits. It was condemned in the Old Testament. In the book of Leviticus 19, in the book of uh, Deuteronomy, it's also said in chapter 18, in verse 11, talks about staying away from those who try to foretell the future, conjuring up the dead. You see, this is why you don't get your little Ouija board out. You leave that junk alone. It's why you don't get together and sit around a table and hold hands and try to conjure up the dead and talk to dear old Aunt Susie. God says, stay away from that. That is witchcraft. That is not wise. It's dangerous. And there's a lot of evil spirits in this world. And so here was a woman who was a slave and she made money for her masters by being a fortune teller. Have you ever drive down the road and you see the little sign up there, fortune teller? How many of you ever gone? Don't answer that. Don't you dare. You say, well, I'm just curious. Don't be curious. Curiosity killed a cat. Now, curiosity brought him back, too. But anyway, got nine lives. So you're not to do it. It is wicked. And she would follow the apostle Paul around and tell him that, hey, he is speaking for the God. Listen to what he has to say. So whatever was done would be like, hey, I'm the one that can see this and understand this. In other words, it was all about herself. It had nothing to do with honoring the Lord. It was deceptive. So he says, these men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. You say, well, and she told the truth. Well, error is generally truth out of balance. And there's a lot of out of balance. In verse 18, she did this many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit. Now, where was the spirit? In the woman. And he says, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. So there was a woman who had an evil spirit within her. Now, is it possible for people to have demon possession today? I believe yes. 
And in a lot of cases, it's probably what's causing some problems, but you may not see it nor know it. Uh, these other people may not have known she had an evil spirit, a demon living inside of her. Now, this was quite prevalent in the days of the apostles, even when Christ was here. And I've heard a lot of stories about a lot of things going on, even from teachers at Florida Bible College, enough to scare you to death, make your hair stand up. I remember when I was a kid, me and my sisters, and I would sit around in the dark and we'd tell scary stories. And they would be scared to death. Anything that happened, <laughs> we were so scared, we couldn't even go to sleep. I finally laid down in bed one night, and I looked over there. There's a guy standing in a corner. I can see him. He's standing in the corner. He's watching me. I was scared to close my eyes. I kept my eyes on him all night long. I mean, I was so tired, but that guy was not going to get me. I'm gonna, if he moves, I'm screaming. And then when the light started coming in, it was a coat on a nail. <laughs> you dummy. You ever heard of the boogeyman? The boogeyman's always going to get you. Well, I've had a lot of experience with the boogeyman. See, in our house downstairs, we had a big old furnace. And we had coal that we had to bring in from the window. And I'd have to go down there and get the coal and throw it into the furnace. And take a great big old iron poker, about that big, heavy thing. And I would shove it around a little bit, you know, and get it all blazing. And, forth. and then it had one light. And I had to turn off that light and run out of that room, down to the stairs, up the stairs, and get up there before the light went out. <laughs> I was fast. I mean, I was fast. So I would always leave the light on on the top upstairs, and then I had to come down the stairs into the room and turn on this light. be just enough light to do it. And then I get it all done. And I knew between here and those stairs, there's a boogeyman. And that boogeyman going to get me. And boy, what I, I was fast. I was fast as lightning. And I'd turn off that thing, and I'd boogie down through there and gut up them steps, get up to the top of the step, and then we'll get inside and slam the door closed before he could get me. Made it again. But one night, one night. I was getting ready to go, and I turned off the light. I boogied out over to the stairs and started up to the steps, and my sister Annette was upstairs, and she closed the door. <laughs> and there's no light switch. I can't, I can't get no light on. Pitch dark. The boogeymen were all over me, swarming all over me, eating me alive. And I was hollering and screaming and pounding on the door, and I could hear my sister Annette on the other side just laughing. She finally opened the door, and I fell in, and I, I was, I, I was going to kill her. I was going to kill her, but I, I didn't kill her. I didn't. But you'd be surprised. Demonology produces fear, distrust, the doubts. And you'd be surprised what the devil does to you and I. He does the same thing. He cannot read your mind, but he can interject thoughts into your mind. That's why you're to discern your thoughts, whether they be of God. So you need to be very careful. You do not play around with demonology. It is a true teaching in the word of God. And you'd be surprised. A lot of your oppression, the depression that you go through, is because the devil is working on you.
Understand it. Stay close to the Lord. Commit yourself to him and keep doing right. And you resist the devil and he will flee from you. But if you don't, you've got problems. And you'll never know where it comes from. But anyways, we get back to this. He says in verse 19, And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone. In other words, she can't prophesy anymore. She's not going to be accurate. She can't tell the future. They wouldn't make any money. So what did they do? Well, they were concerned about her. So they prayed for her. Uh, no, it didn't say that that's what happened. It, it just says that um, in verse 19, they caught Paul and Silas, drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers, brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble the city. Oh, really? They were the one that was troubling the city? They're the one that stirred up the hatred. They're the one that was losing the money. They were the problem. Have you ever noticed that people that are the problem always blame somebody else for the problem? They never see themselves. And anyway, it says there in verse 21, And teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe. We're Romans. Well, little did they know, so was Paul. Paul was a Roman. And as a Roman, see, he had rights under the law. Things that they could not do to him because he was a free man. He was born free. So he was not a slave and, or bought his freedom. He was a free man. And get what he said. In verse 22, And the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had, get this, laid many stripes upon them. Now can you see why Mark didn't want to go with Paul? I think Mark could see this coming. If you went with Paul and saw how he was, and Paul stood up to anybody and everybody and caused no small stir, then these beatings could become quite regular. When you read in the book of Corinthians, man, I tell you, there's a whole chapter there, chapter 12, all these things that happened to him. No man would want all of that. And so he says in verse 23, And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust him into the inner prison, made their feet fast in the stocks. So they just weren't in a room, you know, sleeping on the bed. and They had chains on them. And the jailer was to make sure they kept safe. And verse 25 and at midnight, look at all these experiences that Paul would have never had to talk about if he had never become a missionary. Think of all the experiences you could have had if you had dared to be a, a Paul. There's a little thing called dare to be a, a Daniel. And so he makes a statement here, and they sang praises unto God. Amazing grace, a few other songs like that. And the prisoners heard them. So... Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loose. Boy, it's time for everybody to leave. But there was a problem. The keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep. I wonder why he was sleeping. Oh, well. And seeing the prison doors open, he came to the conclusion all the prisoners are gone. And if the prisoners are gone, what's going to happen to him? They're going to kill him. So, of course, he was scared. So he says, he drew out his sword, would have killed himself. 
supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, we're all here. In other words, they haven't left. And when he called for a light, now he wasn't smoking a cigarette. When he called for a light, sprang and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, if there's ever any time to tell somebody how to be saved, there's the time. So whatever it is you've got to do to be saved, he ought to tell them right here. And this is what he said. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And thine house, if your house be saved. Now, there are people who teach that if you get saved, God guarantees to save your whole household. If you get saved, automatic, your whole household gets saved. Because it says, and thou shalt be saved and thine house. If you believe it, not only do you get saved, but your whole household gets saved automatically. Can you believe somebody would go that far? And thine house, if thine house will believe, anybody can be saved. But the key is, everybody, every individual, must be saved by believing. Nobody can get saved for anybody else. You're not saved because, well, my mom and dad were Christians all their life. Well, I've heard that a lot. Well, my parents go to church. And sometimes when I start talking about, oh, I got a great, 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 great uncle that used to be a preacher. Well, that's impressive. What's that got to do with anything? So he says in verse 32, and they spake unto him the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Remember, why was he coming here in the first place? To preach the gospel. To preach the gospel. So I believe that uh, there was a woman. She was important. You say, that's just one person. Yep, but there was a jailer too. Well, that, that's another person. But they're different experiences. It's just a soul winner's manual. It's a soul winning trip. They didn't go just on Friday night soul winning. They went every day. They did this. This was their life. That's what they did. So he says here, in verse 33, and he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all his, straightway or immediately. Now, do they have to be baptized in order to be saved? If you're talking about Holy Spirit baptism, yes, that's what happens when you trust the Lord. But this is talking about water baptism. This is something that they did, and they took them. When people baptize somebody, it can never be the baptism of the Holy Spirit because that's only done by the Lord. If it's anybody else who does something for their baptism, it's because it has to be water. It can't be no other thing. So, but you're baptized because of what you believe. When you believe the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, which as you go through here, you find out that it was always about the resurrection of Christ. He was alive, he died, and he lives again. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. Jesus Christ did that for me. So when I believe he did it for me, then God says we're to be baptized in water. Under the water, your death. Out of the water, your resurrection. So when you believe that, then it is the will of God that every one of God's children. And it's good to be baptized as soon as possible. But now notice. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. That means they believed also. And in verse 35, and when it was um, day, the magistrate sent the sergeants and saying, let those men go. 
And the keeper of the prison told this saying to Paul, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now, therefore, depart and go in peace. You know what I like about this story? When the earthquake took place, they could have ran, but they didn't. And because they didn't, they got some more to trust the Lord. And then after they had led these people to the Lord, guess what they did? They went back to jail. They went back to jail. And so now the magistrates are sending, says, bring them to us. Let them go. And Paul says, not so fast, Charlie. I'm a Roman citizen. You put me here without the right to do so. And I want you to come here and tell me I'm free to go. I think he had a little smarts about him. Understood the law of the land. He understood Roman law. He understood what his rights were. And it says here in verse 36, And the keeper of the prison told this saying to Paul, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said unto them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned, being Romans, and have cast us into prison, and now do they thrust us out privately? Nay, verily, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. And the sergeants told these words unto the magistrates, and they feared when they heard that they were Romans. And they came and besought them and brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city. And they went out of the prison, entered into the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them and departed. Now, this is the reference when you read the book of Philippians. He was now writing from prison about what had taken place. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful story. As you read, and it weaves the gospel through all these stories and the various experiences. See, this ought to be similar to your life. Since you have been saved, there ought to be experiences in your life where you talk to somebody here, you talk to somebody there, and you had this experience, and then you had this experience. And then someday when you get older, you can be able to look back and see how God has led you. And he's opened doors and he closed doors. And sometimes you stop and think, this woman that followed Paul and was casting out these accusations and such, did it grieve Paul? says he was grieved because of that. Because no doubt she was doing it to get attention or to draw away from what Paul was saying and doing. So Paul had to deal with the situation. Did you know that before they went to Macedonia and before he had that vision... Uh, there was also the desire of Paul to go to a certain place where he wanted to go, where he was determined to go, and God had to send him someplace else. See, in our life, we may not always get to do what we want to do when we want to do it. But did you know that later on, Paul got to do some of those other things? You see, there's a God who knows what's best. And he wants to lead us. When you read the book of Romans in chapter 8, it talks about and the Holy Spirit leading us, being led by the Holy Spirit. 
So you and I, as we study the Word of God, are supposed to believe that the Holy Spirit is leading in what we're doing. I don't wait till the Holy Spirit to lead me to follow. I start moving and trust the Lord to direct. No sense trying to steer a stalled car. Car's not going nowhere. But always because they were on the move, they were guided. And going here, then they were directed. But they were going. And some people are going to sit and they'll wait and wait and wait. For God, one of these days is going to, you know, appear on their bedpost and say, I got a vision for you. This is what I want you to do. You and I have the word of God. See, they didn't have the word of God. And because we have the word of God, we're supposed to obey the word of God. Look up here. You've heard it. You've seen it. Now, follow it one more time through. This is you and me. This is sin. We all have sin on us. God, he loves us. He hates our sin, but he loves us. He loves you. But to pay for this sin, the wages of sin is death. So we're all condemned. All of us. We're all in the same boat. But God doesn't want us to pay for our sins. Because, see, the wages of sin is death. And if I die, I don't have the power to come back from the dead. You don't sleep in the grave. That's where the body goes. The worms get it. And then they die. You and I are absent from the body. We're either in presence with God or we're in a place called hell. Old Testament, Sheol, New Testament, Hades. We're in a place of torment. Until the Lord brings us out and we stand at the great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment where every lost man is going to be judged according to his works. God will prove to every individual that no one had a right to eternal life. No one had a right to the holy city. No one had a right because you did not deserve it. And you rejected the payment he made for you. And then it'll determine the amount of punishment you receive in a literal fire burning final Gehenna. It's where they will be. So God loves us. He hates our sin. We're all guilty. We're all going to die. To go to heaven, we have to be perfect. No sin. But because of sin, we can't get in. That's impossible. We can't change this. There's nothing we can do to alter this. God says, your good works will never be good enough. You cannot earn your way to heaven by your good deeds. God says, you cannot, you're already under the sentence of death. You must die. And you can't stop it. You may extend your life a little bit and not die at 70. You may die at 75. You might even make it to 80 or 90. But you're going to die. Now this hand. We're getting ready to take a load right now after church. This hand represents Jesus Christ. This is the good news. This is good news. Christ came into the world. He had no sin. He didn't have to die. But he loved us. He hated our sin. Because our sins keeps us apart. I can't get to him. And he can't get to me. So what Christ did was. Took my sins. 
and he died in my place. Came back from the dead. And he said he did this for everybody in the world. So he opened it up. Whosoever believeth shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So you see, when he came back from the dead, all he wants us to do is to accept what he did for us. He died in my place. Christ died for my sins. Why? So that I don't have to pay for my sins. I don't have to pay for my sins. Listen to me. I don't have to pay for my sins. I'm not going to hell today or tomorrow or any time in the future. I cannot ever go to hell and ever pay for my sins. My sins have been paid in full. You say, well, that means you can just go out here and live like you please. I know. You want me to clarify that, but I'm not going to. It doesn't need any clarifying. It's either by grace or it's not by grace. But I will say this. Let's just pretend that Yankee Arnold has done everything in the book. And I trusted Christ as my Savior. God gives me eternal life and I'm now his child and I'm going to heaven when I die. And I keep on living, doing everything in the book. If I die and go to heaven, it'd be grace, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? The truth of the gospel is salvation is by grace. Did you know that knowing this and understanding this has challenged and motivated me to want to serve the Lord with all my heart? Because I'm not under a bondage. I'm free. Free to serve God with all my heart. I hope that makes sense to you. So you mean you can go out here and live like you please? That's what I've been doing for 55 years. I go to church because that pleases me. And I read my Bible because that pleases me. I serve God because that pleases me. I witness because that pleases me. And all the things that I do is because it pleases me. What's wrong with that? I knew you'd like that. So have you trusted Christ as your Savior? Are you trying to earn your way to heaven by how good you are? Well, I'm not one of those bad sinners. Yes, you are. In God's eyes, there's no difference. He died for you. Would you believe it? Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around, the quietness of this moment just between you and the Lord, God knows your thoughts. Would you talk to him right now? And say something simple like this, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And I believe that when Christ died, I believe he died for me. And today... I understand. I cannot save myself. And I'm going to trust Jesus Christ right now and him alone as my only hope of going to heaven. I believe that he loved me. I believe he died to pay for my sins and that he'll give me eternal life if I trust him right now. And friend, if you trust him right now, he saves you right now, gives you eternal life right now. And you can know that when you get up, I'm going to heaven whenever I die. And it's not because I'm good, not because I promised anything but because he loved me. He loved me that much. If you will make that decision, I'd like to know and I'd like to have prayer for you. I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. But right where you're sitting, I'm going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand doesn't save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense to you. And I'd like to know. Is there anyone at all say, yes, preacher, that made sense to me this morning. And I will trust Christ as my Savior.
and I'd like for you to pray for me. Would you just slip in and very quickly put it right back down? Anyone at all? If you're watching by internet, right there on the screen it says, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior. We'd appreciate it if you just click it. Let us know that someone trusts the Lord. Our Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Help us to always be true to the truth of the gospel. And bless those that watch by internet and those that come my way this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have you ever heard preachers tell you that you must turn from sins to be saved and go to heaven? Does that mean you must turn from only the big sins or all sins before God will save you? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.